My beloved sister, I greatly appreciate you. And I know it's so many other people that greatly appreciate you as well. Look, sharing is caring and it makes God smile. There are so many people who look forward to what we do each and every day. And so many of them we will never know about. And that's the beauty of social media. We can touch so many people without even knowing it. So keep doing what you do because it's greatly appreciated. Love you. The views and opinions expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks. Today's topic is cardiac catheterization. What is it? What does this procedure entail? The risks and side effects. And lastly, why one was performed on myself. So you know what I want you to do. That's right. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea. And if you're listening late at night, grab your favorite glass of wine. And join me right here on my story, Living with Lupus. Introducing District 36, Lux Eyelashes. Their lashes give you the most natural look and feel. District 36 Eyelashes offers an array of individual lashes, mink, and human hair lashes. Their lash tech, Yana, is certified so you can go from barely there to the glam in you. Follow District 36 Eyelashes on IG or visit their store at district36.storeenvy.com or contact Yana the Lash Tech at 404-490-3649 That's District 36 Lux Eyelashes. Abundant Harvest Aquaponics 
planting seeds to grow food and creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact this nonprofit organization at www.abundantharvestaquaponics.org. Picture this you wake up one morning, cold, snowing morning in November. You're preparing to go and work out. You leave the house about a quarter to five in the morning. You reach your destination. You begin to work out. You're feeling fine. Then, all of a sudden, you begin to sweat profusely. You become disoriented. You become nauseated. Heavy pressure feeling on your chest. You get off of the treadmill and you ask God, just let me make it to the other side to sit down. So you make it to the other side to sit down. And you're still not feeling any better. Everything is fuzzy. You're still disoriented. And you lift your head up. And you reach your hand out. And ask someone, please help me. And that's the last thing that you can remember. Then, when you wake up, you're on a stretcher, hooked up to a defibrillator. You hear the doctor say, tell them that she coded. While they're rushing you to the emergency room, you hear, Miss Hendricks, stay with us. We've contacted your family. We contacted your cardiologist. Stay with us. And when they place you in the room, in the emergency room, they immediately put in IVs, hook you up to the heart monitor, and you hear footsteps coming down the hall. Now just think. You, you leave out of the house in the morning and tell your family, Oh, I'll be back. I'm just going to work out. And they say, Okay, call us when you get down to where you're going. Never imagining. That you would not be coming home, but you would be admitted into the hospital for a heart attack. That's what happened to me. That's why I needed a cardiac catheterization. I remember that morning oh so well. I was feeling good got in the car, thanking God, thank you for another day, thank you for opening my eyes, 
the thought never entered my mind that I would not be coming back home. And to see the look on your sister's nephew's face, you realize that you were in deep trouble when it comes to your health. My sister told me, she said, I received the call, and she said I had to look at the phone and, and ask the young lady, what? What did you say? And she said, your sister has been rushed down to the emergency room. She said she did not know what to do. She said she became nervous. She said, I had to call our brother Charles to let him know that you were rushed to the emergency room. Now the whole family is upset, up in a roar. And I was trying to stay calm, keep my thoughts together, and not actually realizing Everything that has happened. My sister told me, she said, I don't know what it is about you. Out of everything you have been through regarding your health, God has you wrapped around in his arms. She said, you're like a cat. You keep coming back. And I asked her, well, what else am I supposed to do? See, I have peripheral artery disease, congestive heart failure, arterial artery disease, venous insufficiency, pulmonary hypertension, coronary artery disease. Now, when it comes to my blood disorders, I have Hughes syndrome, better known as antiphospholipid syndrome, better known as sticky platelet syndrome. Now, this causes an increased risk for blood clots for me. So that's why my cardiologist wanted me to be active all year round. Now, I stayed in the hospital for about a week. Um, while in the hospital, my heart rate kept dropping. And the nurses would come in and out and ask me, are you all right? And I said, yeah, why? They said, we noticed that your heart rate dropped extremely low. We got in contact with the cardiologist. And if I'm not mistaken, they gave me um, nitro fluid. Whenever they came into the room and they noticed that my heart rate would drop. After that week of being in the hospital, I went <coughs> excuse me, for a follow-up and told me, the cardiologist told me, 
that they wanted to do a heart catheterization on me. And I said, okay. And I stated, um, well, I have to go back into the hospital for a stay. He said, yes, due to the blood disorder that I have, um, they would have to observe me and make sure that I wasn't clotted. I said, okay. Um, I had the heart catheterization. I was in a twilight. They put me in a twilight. I was, you know, halfway in and out. And um, they went through my arm and inserted the um, catheter to look into my heart. Well, that morning when I got to the hospital, um, everyone was around the bed. Uh, my brother called. And um, he said, baby, I'm praying for you. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. said, I ain't gone yet. And um, my main concern was how um, the anesthesiologist and the doctors, you know, their attitude. And I said, I look at that whenever I go into the hospital for an operation. And I normally ask them, do you believe in God or a higher being? And um, you're not mad this morning. Um, you had a good night's sleep and rest. And they all laughed. And my sister, she said, you can't ask them that. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to ask if you believe in God because it's just me personally. Um, I just want to know if you're a religious person, you know, and you believe in a higher being. I don't care what you call it, but if, you know, as long as you believe in a higher being and, and you're not arguing with your spouse or anything and you're having a good day, you know, you're in a good mood. So while they were prepping me um, for the heart catheterization, um, I was asking them all the questions while they were asking me. And they had a student anesthesiologist come to observe and I said, wait a minute. I said, now, who's going to put me um, under. And I said, no offense to you, but I want somebody around that in case something happens, they're not going to get nervous and um, won't know exactly what to do. And they reassured me, the anesthesiologist reassured me that he would be administering um the medication and another thing I, I told them before you get started is where's my cardiologist I said I have to see my cardiologist and my heart rate started going all haywire and they got in contact my cardiologist was there and he came in the room 
and he reassured me. He said, I'm right here with you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you, so you can just calm down. And I said, okay. But I felt the catheter go into my heart. You can feel it moving around. Um, to me, it felt like uh, something was, you know, like you had a fit or something in your chest. And um, I heard one of the doctors say, oh, wow. And he called for my cardiologist to um, come into the room. And the cardiologist turned the monitor around and he said, See, Susan, this is where the problem is. He said, now I know where to go and how to treat you. I said, okay. But um, I seen him last month, and um, I'm having another problem dealing with my heart. And when I go back to him, we're going to decide what is the best treatment for me regarding um, my heart function. So after we take this break, we'll go into what is cardiac catheterization. So stay with me. Hi. This is Susan from My Story Living with Lupus. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money? from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors, too, so you can get paid to podcast. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm backslash start. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M backslash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Now, do you know what the leading cause of death in lupus patients is? Well, the Lupus Foundation of America recently reported until recently, the most common cause of death in people with lupus was kidney failure. Now, with better therapies, access to dialysis, and the possibility of 
kidney transplants, the frequency of death from kidney disease has decreased sharply. However, kidney failure is still fatal in some people with lupus. As death from kidney disease has declined, heart attacks and related cardiovascular diseases have emerged as leading causes of early mortality in people with lupus. The reason for accelerated heart disease have not been precisely delineated, but it is clear that multiple factors contribute. Therefore, it is especially important for people with lupus to minimize risk factors for heart disease. And the way to minimize those factors, this means regular exercise, weight control, low cholesterol diets, and cholesterol-lowering medications if necessary, and most importantly, no smoking. Serious infections often related to the immunosuppressive drugs that may be required to treat severe lupus also may occasionally be fatal. Now, lupus can cause disorders in all three layers of the heart, which are the outer covering, pericarditis, middle muscular layer, or inner lining, endocarditis, the ailment of the outer fibrous covering of the heart is most common and it is found even in those presenting with minimal symptoms. Now, since the outer covering of the heart is not involved in its pumping function, it would not lead to mortality, but would instead be presented as a painful condition, whereas diseases of the muscular middle layer would more often lead to death. Diseases of the inner layer of the heart, the endocarditis, often remains undiagnosed, yet it is commonly present in those who have lupus and may lead to various complications. Lupus is also characterized by malfunctioning of heart valves, which could be chronic changes leading to arrhythmia, and that is irregular rhythm of the heart. Vascular complications of lupus are widespread, mainly occurring due to the deposition of the complex immune system. Thus, blood vessels of just any organ that may get implicated, which is why thrombosis is a big problem in lupus. Studies have demonstrated that a person living with lupus is at a higher risk of developing any heart disease. Moreover, these complications happen at a much younger age as compared to the general population. I was reading um, a study the other day that was published in the Journal of Rheumatology 
that looked into the long-term cardiovascular complications of lupus. It was the study that explicitly sought to clarify the risk of heart-related complications in those who have survived the first eight years. Now, the study was primarily done on 210 women. It sought to find out the difference between the cardiac health of those living with lupus and healthy women of the same age. Um, this was done for comparison purposes. They also studied 138 healthy women. It was a study done for about 15 years and the results were reported with the follow-up period between 8 to 15 years. They analyzed the risk of heart disease like angina pectoral, myocardial infarctions, both fatal and non-fatal, transient or mini heart attack, and stroke both fatal and non-fatal. Now, the follow-up study found that cardiovascular problems in those living with lupus were three times higher as compared to healthy population of the, of, um, the same age. Almost 20% of those followed for 8 to 15 years had a cardiac event Whereas in healthy people of a similar age, incidence was only 6.5%. The most common heart issue in those with lupus was coronary artery disease, disease of blood vessels of the heart. Although the risk of stroke was not much higher in those living with lupus. The study went on to show that during um, the first eight years, risk of heart disease due to lupus is very high as compared to the conditions like diabetes or hypertension. But in the long term, that is after the eight years, such risks decrease. Now, finally, during the study, 31 patients with lupus died, 10 of them due to heart disease. While in the non-lupus group, six women died, but none due to heart disease. Now this study demonstrated to me not only the higher risk of the death rate in lupus, but also the importance of better cardiac care in the group. The study concluded that those living with lupus are at a higher risk developing heart disease, not only during the first eight years, but also in the long term. Though the reason behind the higher rate of heart disease in the long run may differ, the long-term complications may also occur due to the side effects of drugs like corticosteroids. There's something that I want my listening audience to know and to understand. 
Lupus is more than a five-letter word. <clears throat> Excuse me. You see, there's 1.5 million faces of lupus in America. There's 5 million faces of lupus worldwide. You see, people may see us on the outside, but you have to understand what we go through on the inside. Yes, we, we put that mask on that we're fine, but you must truly understand that bringing forth awareness of what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, every minute, every second, every hour, you have to understand that. And if you never get anything out of this, I want you to know this what lupus is and means to me. I am more than lupus. Yes, I'm living. We all who have this chronic illness are living under pressure which unearths stress. We are strong. We are strong in numbers, but we need for you, listeners, to be aware that it's abundance of us who are trying to get the word out about lupus. And I hope and I pray that someone gets something out of my podcast where you can understand what we go through and what those of us who are advocating on a daily basis for more awareness, for a cure, so one day someone can finally say, no more lupus. Now on to cardiac catheterization. Cardiac catheterization, also called cardiac cath or coronary angiogram, is an invasive Im imaging procedure that allows your doctor to see how well your heart is supplied by blood vessels. During the test, a long narrow tube called a catheter is inserted into a blood vessel in your arm or your leg and guided to your heart with the aid of a special x-ray machine. Contrast dye is then injected through the catheter so that x-ray videos of your valves, coronary arteries, and heart chambers can be created. Why might you need a cardiac cath? Your doctor uses cardiac calves to evaluate or confirm the presence of heart disease such as coronary artery disease, heart valve disease, or disease of the aorta. 
He also evaluates the heart muscle function, determines the need for further treatment, such as interventional procedures or bypass surgery. What are the risks associated with cardiac cath? A cardiac cath is generally safe, but you know, however, as with any invasive procedure, there are risks. Special precautions are taken to decrease the risk. Risks of cardiac cath are common, but can include bleeding around the point of puncture. Now, mine did, when I had mine performed, mine did bleed um, since they went through my wrist. It, it did bleed. Abnormal heart rhythms, blood clots, infections, allergic reactions to the dye, stroke, heart attack, um, perforation of a blood vessel, air embolism. Now, um, air embolism is where air is presented in the blood vessel, which can be life-threatening, and death is also a risk. The procedure usually, generally, takes 30 minutes or longer if you need intervention. When mine was done, mine was more than 30 minutes, but I did not need intervention. I just had so much going on with my heart. Now, after the cardiac cath, if the catheter was inserted in your groin, the introducer sheath will be removed and the incision will be closed with stitches and pressure will be applied. In some situations, the introducer sheath may be stitched into place and removed after the bleeding stops. Now mine was placed in my wrist and yes, like I stated before, I did experience bleeding. Um, after that, if the catheter was inserted in your wrist, the catheter and the sheath are removed, the incision will be closed with stitches and bandaged. You will be able to walk around. I was not able to walk around afterwards. You will be observed for a few hours to make sure you are feeling well after the procedure. Anytime I have a procedure or operation done, the anesthetic does not work well with me. It makes me really sick. Um, you may receive medication to relieve discomfort in your arm after the anesthetic wears off. You will be giving, given instructions regarding how to care for your arm when you return home. Um, you should tell your nurse before you leave if you think you are bleeding or feel any numbness or tingling in your fingers. Now, a sterile dressing will be placed on the area. Now, with me, um, like I said, they admitted me into the hospital 
and that was due to my clotting disorder. And they wanted to observe me because my wrist was bleeding really bad. You will need to drink plenty of liquids to clear the contrast material from your body. You may feel the need to urinate more frequently. Now, with me, they had to place a urine catheter in, and that was the first time I ever had a urine catheter placed in. And if I remember correctly, I was not allowed to get up out the bed, and that's why they did that. Um, this is normal. The urinating frequently is normal. If a urinary catheter was not placed during the procedure, you will need to use a bedpan or urinal until you are able to get out of bed. Your doctor after that, your doctor will tell you if you are able to return home or will need to stay overnight. In either case, you will be monitored for several hours after the procedure. Treatment, including medications, dietary changes, and future procedures will be discussed with you prior to you going home. Care of the wound site, activity, and follow-up care will be discussed. Now, um, I could not, they didn't want me to raise my arm over my head or lift anything with my arm until I went back to see the doctor. This was at the time of discharge. They were telling me not to do that. But, um, yeah, I they had to give me, while I was in the hospital after this procedure, they had to give me morphine. Now, I don't like taking pain medications. I really don't because with me, they don't keep me in my right frame of mind. And the nurse had seen that I was in so much pain. And she told me, if you need something, tell us. And I had to break down and say, yeah, I need something to take this edge off. And they gave me morphine. And while I was there for the three days, I couldn't eat anything because I felt nauseated. Like I said, that's how the anesthesia acts on me. I don't do well with the anesthesia. So that was my experience getting a cardiac catheterization. Entrepreneur and creator of Right Side of 50 and I am my sister's keeper. Sheila Smith, motivational and empowerment speaker, is available for your next empowerment event and conference. You can book her for your next event at rightsideof50 at gmail.com. That's R-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E-O-F-5-0 at gmail.com or call at 678-293-6821. Each 
one encourage one. Henry Long, the author of Positive Energy 24-7. You can purchase an autographed copy of his motivational book, and you can also purchase the ebook version at writepath247.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-P-A-T-H-247.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at WritePath247. Well, it's that time. But before I go, do me a favor. Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Now, I want to leave you with one last word. Never regret a day in your life. Good days give you happiness and bad days give you experience. And just remember that it is all in divine order. Now go out there and live your best life. I'm Susan Hendricks, and thank you so very much for listening to my story, Living with Lupus. You have a blessed weekend, and I'll see you next Friday for another episode of my story, Living with Lupus. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having.